everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today, Devin and Ryan are on a mission from God, and they had me watch <laughs> the Blues Brothers for the first time. Man. Um, so we're going to get into that here in a little bit, but before we get into the, the bulk of the show, you guys watch anything lately? I have been. All right, Devin, what have you watched? This is... I'm, like, awkwardly obsessed with this show after so few episodes, and I just want to talk about it because okay. I love it. It's the Netflix show Lupin. Uh, it's, so it's Lupin. I've been calling it Dupin because it's French, and I like to, to try to sound French when I do it. Ryan loves it. Ryan, I'm going to keep pushing that. But, you just um, sound like you stepped on a nail. It doesn't even sound French. <laughs> his name is Arsène Lupin. That's his name. But anyway, it is, it's wonderful. So it's basically, I think, it's based on... It's kind of a modern retelling of like a, a French classic story of Arsène Lupin, who is the like classic French gentleman criminal. Uh, okay. He's basically the French version of Sherlock, but he does crimes. He is wonderful. The show is wonderful. It's well paced. It's only five episodes per season, and they just released season two. Uh, it's all in French. I absolutely recommend it. I cannot like I cannot recommend this show enough. Okay. Um, I, I've heard of this. I haven't checked it out yet. Netflix, I, I think it's great. Netflix has quickly just gone down the list of streaming services I watch. Like it, they're at the bottom. Like I, I'll watch HBO Max or even Peacock before I put on uh, Netflix now. So well, I found a, a Netflix test to see if the movie is on Netflix or not. Is uh, Alan? Do you want to watch the movie? If you want to watch yeah. it, it's not on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Every everything's getting pulled from Netflix, and mm -hmm. the, like the only big thing that they have coming is Seinfeld. But oh, they've they, they just coming. they just Wait. got Seinfeld. They signed a thirty million dollar deal, I think. Something. Wow, a, it'll be worth a it. lot of money for like that. Um, yeah, I good for them. Um, I watched a thing. I don't have you guys ever heard of the show Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they had yeah. this. They had the season five premiere this Sunday. So I, I did uh, you watch it too? I watched it, and I gotta say, this is when Rick and Morty does a story like this. It's my favorite kind of story. The way they play with time, with the alternate dimension, and how time works differently there. Uh, Ryan, have you seen it? Not yet. Okay. I don't want to spoil it for you, but they, they do a cool thing with time, and I really enjoyed the whole episode for the Mortiness of it all. And the Rick storyline's like, eh. But the Morty storyline, I really, really enjoyed. Okay. I I, I think I like, I mean, I, I loved that the time part. I'm with you. I did like the Rick storyline probably a little bit more than you did, just because I liked the villain so much. Like, yeah. his nemesis and just going, oh, that's who he is? Great. Yeah, what was his name? Mr. Namor? No, that wasn't. Was it? Namor is from Marvel. Oh, then I'm absolutely okay. mixing them up. What was his name? Um, yeah, uh, I'm looking at the chat. Sorry. Yeah, that's why uh, Seinfeld is leaving Hulu. It's going to Netflix. Was it Mr. Nimbus? It was Nimbus. Oh, it was Mr. Nimbus. I kept thinking it was, it was Mr. Uh, Nimbus. It was like the brooms in Harry Potter. Uh, oh, it was like the. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Ricky Morty's back. Uh, it was, I watched it. And I'm like, oh, hey, it's the guy from Fortnite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that hurt, actually. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I, I enjoyed that. Ryan didn't have anything that he watched that he wanted to talk about, so I don't have anything prepared for him. It's because I've been watching. It's because I. It's it's because I got all five seasons of the original Dragon Ball series on DVD, and I've just yes. just been binging that because I've yeah. never seen it all the way through. So I don't have anything new. <laughs> okay. So I've. How I've, far are you? Just just I, to like. Um, I just started season five, which is the last season, <laughs> and I have to say, as a big fan of like the Z series and everything else, it's mm -hmm. it's explaining a lot. I mean, I knew most of it, but there's stuff I've never that that I never knew about it before. Yeah, that explains some character traits that I've always enjoyed. Now I know where they come from. That's awesome. I I'm excited. I, I still want to watch it. 
I just need to spend the time. Come over to the States for two weeks and we'll watch everything because I have Perfect. almost everything. <laughs> Side note, Bill, that hurt. That yeah, was like in the chat. That was like the one. <laughs> Devin looks like he calls his stepson champ. I, I, think that, I think that's better than a high school math teacher who just returned from a funeral. Like I, I mean, I think both that, hurt. Yeah. Bill's just hurt in a very specific way. Uh, he looks like uh, he looks like a men in black agent that does filing in the. Uh, in just the as important as the rest of the team, guys. I'm whatever. Seen an angry cricket. Whatever agent D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I've got I've got a news story that I saw before the show that I wanted to talk to you guys about. Uh, because I saw this news and I got super excited. And it's not a franchise that I usually get excited about. But Paramount evidently had a, uh investor call today. And they released some details about the next Transformers movie. Okay. Um, it's going to be titled Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Please oh, tell me they're doing Beast Wars. They're doing Beast Wars. I think Wars. they are. They're doing Beast Wars, and I cannot wait. Um, I got the Hollywood Reporter article here. Uh, they are a different breed of Transformers. In our particular film, they are prehistoric animals who travel through time and space, and we find them on Earth. So we're getting Optimus Primal. Uh, Anthony Ramos from In the Heights and Hamilton is going to be starring in this film. Um, okay. It's going to be directed by Stephen Cable Jr. Don't know who that is, but Beast Wars is coming to the big screen. Waspinator, please, please tell me. Is that a thing, Waspinator? I believe that was one of the characters. I don't know anything about Beast Wars. I mean, the, the name Beast Wars sounds incredibly cool. When you described it, I went, that sounds stupid. It's Transformers, but uh, instead of a truck, Optimus turns into a gorilla. Okay, sure. I'm on. Yeah. I'm on it. Transformers should just cross over with Fast and Furious already. I mean, diff- they're different studios, so I think we're going to get the Fast and Furious Jurassic World crossover before that. But this is going to be like a mix of the two. Like, you put those two oh, franchises true. in the blender, you get this. I, I can't wait. Beast Wars yeah. is one of those shows that I would always watch on the weekends, like if I woke up super early and nothing else was on. Um, I just. I would watch this. It was one of those early CGI TV shows that they had on Fox kids. Um, oh yeah. This is my introduction to transformers. So I, I'm super hyped for this. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I didn't know this prior to Googling the waspinator thing. So I could explain to Devin about the waspinator character. Um, but season four was 1996. Oh, wow. Okay. So to, so, so, so to kind of give you an idea, but the, the Waspinator character was like Starscream. Oh, and so he it would sounds like bicker, So like he would bicker with uh, Megatron. And so like mm-hmm. you had this tiny little bug arguing with, you know, the big bad. So it was funny. So I really hope they, they bring Waspinator and that energy into it because they totally in the Transformers movies I've seen. I did not see a good Starscream uh megatron relationship the way that i wanted it to be yeah so yeah. so i'm hoping they bring that in properly uh i mean so in the chat we we have a friend of the show christian asking when do you think hollywood gave up um <laughs> <laughs> men in black three and beyond yeah. is when they gave up it's right around that time period. i mean Actually, i haven't that, seen a yeah. trans- i there, there were what six transformers movies out right now I saw the first three in theaters. Two of them were double features at the drive-in, so I don't even count those. I haven't seen a a decent Transformers movie since the first one in 2008. So I've heard Bumblebee is good. I haven't seen that one yet. Bumblebee was Uh, good. I'm I'm just excited that it's going to be something different from this franchise. Instead of cars transforming Mm -hmm. and uh, Chicago being destroyed for the umpteenth time, uh, it's going to be prehistoric trees being destroyed and... And dinosaurs fighting gorillas, and yeah. Neat. So, I saw that news. I wanted to talk about it. I'm excited for it. But let's get into the bulk of today's conversation. What everyone is here for, the Blues Brothers. So, Devin, so, I... Speaking of Chicago being destroyed. Yeah. Hey, it's almost like <laughs> I knew what I was talking Chica- about. <laughs> Particularly the Chicago Police Department. Particularly yes. the Chicago <laughs> 
so this was Devin's pick for the week. Uh, Devin, you want to talk about why you chose the Blues Brothers? Absolutely. So obviously today we're talking about the Blues Brothers, the 1980s literal gem uh, by director John Landis, written by Dan Aykroyd and John Landis, and starring just about everybody relevant to the blues scene. So it stars John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, they're the two because it's an SNL movie, but then it stars, uh, oh, and John Candy, but then it stars Cab Calloway, Aretha Franklin, I think, is in it, Shaka Khan's in it, Stephen Williams is in it, uh, Donald Dunn's in it, Frank Oz. I mean, this is a freaking loaded cast. Uh, I picked it because I love this movie. This movie and I had a moment in high school where, like, this was the movie. I watched this obsessively. I think it was my junior year, probably. I, I watched it almost every day. I love the songs. This movie continually makes me happy. I turned it on again today, almost watched it two times through, just because it just, it, it, it's, it's a good movie. Guys, it's a good movie. I don't know how to say it's a good movie enough. I don't have a thesaurus on me. It's a good movie. Okay. Ryan, what's your connection to the Blues Brothers? Uh, partly the same thing as Devin, but also it, 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 was, it was kind of a family thing. Like I said, the majority of my family grew up in Chicago. And so a lot of movies we watched and stuff had had to do with movies that were set in the city. And the Blues Brothers was part of that because my dad and my uncles and aunts liked SNL. And it was just a staple when it came to like family get togethers. Somebody would be watching the Blues Brothers. And now for me, it's my travel movie. If I'm traveling anywhere on a plane, a train, whatever, I'm watching the Blues Brothers. An automobile. (laughs) As long as I'm not driving. Um, But... It's a longer movie, so it eats up time. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like Devin said, like it makes you happy. Just because it's, uh, to me, it's funny in all the right places. It's serious in all the right places. Um, and it's got a great soundtrack. So, you know. So I'm not going to ask first, I'm not going to ask Alan what he thought about it. The first question I'm going to ask Alan is, why? Why haven't you seen this until now? <laughs> what happened? Well... I guess the one friend I had in high school who got into this movie never said, Hey, Alan, you should watch this until, <laughs> until, uh, 12 years later, 13 years later where he made yeah, it's been a while. podcast. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I never got into this. Um, I think it's one of those ones where it would always, I, if I saw it anywhere, it would be on like TBS and I'd be like, yeah, you know what? Probably shouldn't mm-hmm. watch this one with commercials. Like I, I feel like this one needs, the the Fair. the commitment of full length unedited uncensored uh viewing so i i don't think i think that's why i haven't watched it um i remember when they came out with a sequel and i remember seeing all the commercials for that and I'm like okay that that's weird but I never, yeah. I never, I, I heard such bad things about that one. I think it might have tainted this, like my perception of this one. Sure. Um, but with as big as I, I, I've been on SNL my whole life, I'm surprised that I never saw this. All right. Fair. That's a good, you know, it's a good response. So with that in mind, Alan, what did you think of the Blues Brothers after finally watching it? Oh, I absolutely hated it. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> okay, good. I was like, I, I wouldn't dress I like up if I hated bit. it. No, I okay, I loved it. Uh, I almost watched it again today. I'm glad I already have the soundtrack on my phone. Uh, I was jamming out to uh, "Shake Your Tail Feather" on the way home from work today. I I love this movie. Uh, I'm definitely going to watch it again. I'm going to torture myself and and watch the sequel uh, because oh yeah, uh, but. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I, I am putting this on my list of go-to comedies now, I think. Because I feel, like, I feel like there's enough in here that I missed the first time around that I'm, I'll appreciate the second time around. Yeah, I'll talk about that for a sec, because I just caught a running gag in this, this watch of it. And I've watched this movie, like I said, so many times. I caught that there's the running gag that Elwood only eats toast. <laughs> I, I didn't catch that my first eight million viewings that's a pretty i mean that's okay so they only really reference it once but even then with this movie that's a pretty serious character trait because really the characters like 
hang on, he only ordered bread. Like he ordered toast, and that was it. Like that's and then no he knew who he was. Like, that's yeah. Exactly. Like that's a pretty big character trait for the movie. <laughs> I, I think the part that I especially appreciated this time, where he was in his apartment, literally like hand making toast over a fire, like not, not that a fire. part. It was like a Stano thing. It was a skill. <laughs> It was an electric burner. I mean, it, it was, was a roaring. Oil. It was a roaring campfire. Oh my god. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I I remember that from the diner. I don't remember it from anywhere else. So I that's the kind of thing I'll probably pick up on again. Yeah. yeah. So. so then, uh, were you Alan surprised that this movie was a bit of a musical? Because I think on my first watch, especially kind of looking at the trailer, like I, I think I knew that there were blues artists in it, but I figured it was going to be more of a Wayne's World style movie with some like, you know, blues greats as like background characters. They're like, oh, it's Cab Calloway. There he is. No, I, I knew it was more of a musical going okay. into it from listening to the soundtrack. And it's kind of hard to avoid clips of this movie for 30 years. Sure, um, sure. So I knew about the Ray Charles thing. Um, mm, okay. I knew about Cab Calloway, um, so I knew it was a musical. I was thinking about it on the on the car ride home, listening to the soundtrack. I was like, "Why hasn't this been on Broadway? Why hasn't it you been could, on Broadway? You could easily do a Broadway, um, Broadway show out of this. It hasn't been on Broadway. I don't think so. No, I, don't, I mean, Back to the Future is coming on Broadway. I feel like this movie lends Back itself to better Future's to Broadway. Back to the Future is going to your West End over in Europe. That's that's not Broadway. That's the West. No, End. it's going to Broadway too. I promise. It's getting there. Thanks, no, I, I hope your Tuesday is going great too. Oh, so nice. I see a few. But no, I I do see a few questions yeah. in the chat. I think we're going to save those for the end of the show. Um, oh, good call. We'll address some some questions as we go through, but I, uh, there are some questions there I, we will address later. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so then what? I, this is I feel like such a cop out question, but I just love talking about this movie. What was your guys's favorite uh, favorite like scene in the movie? We'll, just, we'll go for scene now. I have other favorite questions though. <laughs> um. That. I can go first if you want. Go, go, you go first, but my, my question is, are you going to say, are you going to ask what our favorite musical number is? Because that's... I will. Okay. I will. That's the follow-up. Okay. If it's the same, that's totally fine, okay. though. Okay. I, I, I have my answer then. Ryan, you go ahead. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. <laughs> that is something I did not know about this movie at all. The Illinois Nazis? I did not know I about I am the, so happy. I don't know if we can say that word. Uh, but yeah, I did not know about that aspect of this movie at all. So side note, okay. did you catch the joke in their name? No. I I looked this up. This was a fact. I didn't catch it when I was watching it. Their Nazi group is called American Socialist White People Party. The acronym is Asswipe. <laughs> Love it. As it should be. Thanks, As it should Blues be. Brothers. Yeah, but. Yeah. It, it's that whole thing, uh, simply because, well, when uh, around when this movie was probably getting written, uh, there mm-hmm. was this whole thing going on in Northern Illinois, I believe it was in Northern Illinois, where there was a where there was a community that actually had Holocaust victims in it, and there mm-hmm. was a group like them who wanted to do a march through said town, and they yeah. were being sued and. Uh, blocked by the town because they wouldn't put their permit through. Sure. So um, they did win a court case to actually do it. I don't believe they actually did because they knew they'd get the crap beat out of them. That's rough. I mean, it's it's gross. I don't. I don't um. That. Yeah. But my but favorite. Scene. That's what that's based on. Like, <laughs> got it. Like, like that's why the joke Illinois Nazis that's mm-hmm. why that is in the movies because those events actually did happen not to that extent that they show in the movie it's more comical but I mean it's actually a huge legal event like there's actually been books written about this whole event so it's like a real life reference I'm surprised is, neither of you cool. actually heard of it <laughs> no. okay um, so my favorite scene since we're not doing musical numbers is when they go meet the penguin at the beginning of the film, Actually, for some reason, the nun has magical powers. I don't know why, but the uh, the young Catholic in me found that really amusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I really enjoyed that because it's it's dark enough. Like it, it's it's just weird. And I was like, okay, this is gonna be the vibe of the film from here on out. I am I am all in. Like let's let's do this. Well, I just like the gag in that too, where they keep swearing and she keeps hitting them, and yes. they don't get that that's why she's hitting them. Like I think that's such a good like well written joke. That and the whole thing about them sitting down and then scooting forward in the chairs because when a nun tells you to sit down, you sit down. You do you 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 don't stand back up. Like right. I um I'm not sure about you guys, but I went to a private kindergarten, like Catholic, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but I went to a private Catholic uh, kindergarten slash preschool, mm-hmm. and the head nun. She didn't go to heaven. I can tell you that. She did not go to heaven. <laughs> oh no. Um. Like she promised my parents a ton of stuff because I had learning disabilities and she mm. caved on all of them. That's why they took me out of that. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, she put me in the corner because my shoes weren't fully tied. She wouldn't assist me in learning how to do it. She would just say, stand in the corner. And I spent a whole day in the corner the one day. And then one of the younger nuns came by and actually taught me how to properly mm. get my shoes, you know, tied. Um, and there wasn't a problem anymore. So, and that nun yeah. was Julie Andrews. <laughs> probably, probably. But the nun Good. that ran the place, she didn't go to heaven. Not all. I uh, so my favorite scene in the movie is anytime they got to was it Bob's Country Garage or whatever. Not necessarily yeah. the performance in there, but anything in it. Like I love the oh, we play both kinds here, country and western. Which my skin crawls every time I hear that line. Lo- I love that line. Forever and a day. I also love when like Elwood or not Elwood, um, Jake will turn and he like affects this like folksy southern accent. Where he's like, Oh, I just got the good old boys out. And I'm like, you don't have to do that, John Belushi, but I'm glad you're doing it. <laughs> so I the obvious follow-up question is while we're just on the topic of favorites, what was your favorite musical number? Shake your tail feather. Was that the Ray Charles one? Yeah, the Ray Charles. Yeah, number. that was a really good one. That's that's my favorite. Ryan, I could come up with a whole list, but just for laughs, that that like gets me to laugh the most. Uh-huh. It's the one at the country bar. Oh, I yeah. There's a lot like, to like about that one. Give me some love or rawhide. You, <laughs> the whole thing. Okay. Like, Stand by uh, your man. Yeah, yeah. Because it, as somebody who has a real disdain for country and Western music. Like that whole scene is just like what if I was in a blues jazz band, like that's how I would try to get out of it. Be like, okay, what, you know, it's like, what do I know that even sounds like country and then just roll with it and see what happens. And they did the whole like chicken wire thing was hysterical. I liked, so I did like the opening one, the, the she caught the Katie. I like that one. I did like, I think my favorite one is, is Minnie the Moocher. I just really like that song. And I, I like that he was like, all right, are we ready? And like turns and he's like in a tux and like the full band is dressed and ready. I think that's such a cool like sequence. So I knew, I know Minnie the Moocher. I knew a lot of these songs from a, from a, a strange band. Uh, there's a, there was a band in the, around 2008, 2010 in there somewhere. Uh, the band from TV which featured Greg Grunberg and Hugh Laurie. Uh, They're featured on the house soundtrack and they do a cover of Minnie the Moocher. Um, And it's very um, modern blues. It's not as old fashioned as the Cab Calloway version in this. Mm -hmm. Um, But they released an album for charity uh, a, a few years after that. And Shake Your Tail Feather was on there. Um, a lot of the songs from this, I just, I realized watching this movie, oh, they were just doing Blues Brothers. Like they were like, hey, you guys, know, you guys just want to do the Blues Brothers concert? And like, yeah, why not? So, um, that's really. Cool. I knew a lot. Well, I knew the, a lot of songs from that. See, I like that though, because like I, I feel like I knew them a lot from there, and then from my like days in jazz bands, I feel like I've run into because like I I know when they were on the elevator going up, there was the, they were playing the girl from Ibiza. And, like, I think we played that one in jazz band, Alan. Girl from Ipanema. Or Girl from Ipanema, that one. Girl from Ibiza. Ibiza. I don't know why I'm, I have Ibiza on the mind. It's weird. Were you listening but to yeah, I think we played that one. Stop stopping. 
It is. That's exactly it. Spain. <laughs> so, um, b- between all of this, I've been going to my phone and doing some research. The Blues Brothers mm-hmm. were on Broadway. There was a Broadway play. Oh, was there? Was there? Yeah. There's an it- album from 2005. Weird. Of songs from the Broadway musical The Blues Brothers Anniversary Edition. Oh, it's a shame we didn't get a longer run then. It depends how good it was. That's you know what? Fair. Very Because fair. it's not Dan Aykroyd and it's not uh Belushi. And I also feel like this this run or the runtime of this movie is mostly blues songs and car chases. And yeah, um, and the prison I think the prison scene at the beginning is the longest stretch where there's not a car in this movie. I think you might be right. Because, I mean, if you think about it, they're on the road, they're traveling musicians, so there's going to be a car in almost every scene. But I think the longest this movie goes without showing a car is at the beginning. Yep, I think you're right. And, like, that can't translate well to stage. Like... I've seen a couple of like car chases, quote unquote, or I mean, even like a reindeer chase once on a stage and like, it's done fine. You know what you're looking at. You don't, it's never super believable or that exciting, yeah. but you're like, okay, cool. They're doing it. I would almost have to say that they would have to set up like one of those um, show displays that like Orlando Studios has or Disney has where you go to see like the stunt show. Where they oh, show yeah. like you know like the break dancing cars because they're you know because they can only chase each other on like a football field space of like pavement. Yeah, like, you'd have to do like a Broadway stage like that, and then have like the musical set by you know either in front of or behind the cars chasing each other. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's the only way to do that. It'd be like one of those musical stunt shows. <laughs> Well, so I was just going to ask about the car chases. Uh, and, and I saw a great comment where the car chases were making fun of all the great 70s car movies. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that was intentional. I thought that was just like a function of the type of movie that it was. Watch the movie Bullet and then watch this. Oh, I've seen Bullet. I mean, you're, yeah. you're absolutely right. <laughs> so did you guys like the car chases? Yes. Yeah? I... Excellent. So I what I really liked about the um, the first one through the mall was just looking at a mall from what year was this eighty 80... nineteen just eighty nineteen eighty nineteen eighty that's yeah. what I thought um, I thought I I it was nice seeing an early mall be destroyed instead of modern malls that are destroyed and like it was cool seeing like the old Pier One logo and oh yeah the Toys R Us with a small Toys R Us that was in a mall, <laughs> not a sta- it's yeah. own standalone retail location. Um, mm. I just like that they destroyed a whole mall or made it look like they did. Um, no, th- they did. Did they? Oh, did they? <laughs> um, that mall was set to be closed, and it was actually practically empty by that point. Um, and they so a lot it. of those store, f- yeah. So I mean, those a lot of those storefronts were fake. That's still really cool, though. I didn't know that. Yeah, like, the, the next time you watch that scene, and mm-hmm. they show the sidecar footage from, like, the cop cars driving through yeah. the mall, look at the ground, and you'll see ceiling insulations laying all over the place. Mm-hmm. And that's because the mall was, like, abandoned for a few years before they actually were like, yeah, no, we're shutting this down. And then Hollywood was like, hey, we can use this for a car chase. And people were like, what? <laughs> Excuse me, what? I guess so. <laughs> I think what gets me about the car chase, though, is especially that one is just their their complete like nonchalance towards it. Where like literally Jake's pointing out stores he sees, mm-hmm. like during he's not like oh no the cops and they're not worried. He's like oh look there's a there's, there's a store there's another one. <laughs> Pure oh, one in place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, mine has to be just the ending one, just yeah. where they destroy like. I don't know, close to 98, 100 cop cars just get destroyed in it. Yeah. Um, my favorite, though, is when that whole thing starts off and they're at uh, and they're at the palace and then all of the cop cars start backing into each other. Oh, and they yeah. can't get each other out, but they're still just slamming into each other because everybody's trying to move. Um, and, and so that's how it starts off. And 
I love that little bit, but the reason why I like the ending car chase so much, and one of the reasons why I like this movie so much, is that they just don't care. No. About anything. And I, and I'm not talking about the characters. I'm talking about the people that made this movie, because typically they try to hide the ramps that the cars launch off of. Mm-hmm. Particularly, I think they're called um, A-frames, or something along those lines, where the stunt drivers will purposely drive Adam off-centered to make one side of the car lift up so, like, it rolls in the air. Sure. And when they're driving underneath the L, at least I think it's part of the L in Chicago with the elevated uh, tram, um, you can see two of them set up. And you can just see the cop cars launching off of them. Like, they don't even try to hide them. Because... The, because like these cars in this movie flip for no reason. Oh all. right. Um, and and during that last scene, they don't even care to try to hide it because there's so many cars that they're like, there's no reason to hide it. People aren't going to see this until they watch it for the fifteenth time. <laughs> so Just let, yeah, let them flip. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I. I don't know if I have a favorite car chase per se. I just think I like the moment in the beginning where he where. Uh, uh, what was it? Elwood was like, "Oh, you don't like the car," and then he like ramps it over the, like in the most improbable way. Like the whole time, I'm like, "It would break there and there and there." Yeah. The, the moment that got me with the cars was towards the end of the film, where they they they're on their way to the gig, and mm-hmm. they get out of the car in this tunnel, and I'm like, "What are they doing? Like, where are <laughs> they?" I was so confused, and they show them walk out of the tunnel, and all the police are in the bridge above them. It's like, yeah. ah. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite lines from this is it's got shocks. It's got cop shocks, cop tires, cop engine. <laughs> so you talked a little bit about the characters of, of Jake and uh, Elwood. What did you guys think of them? I mean, are these like, I mean, personally, I think they're some of my favorite characters in the world for a couple of reasons. Uh, but I want to hear you guys, your thoughts on them. So do you like them as characters? Were they bland? Were they? I was expecting something else from Jake. And I think mm-hmm. it's because probably the only exposure I have outside of the SNL sketches that I've seen to John Belushi mm-hmm. is Animal House. Oh, so right. I wasn't, ex- I didn't know what to ex- expect from Jake, El- Jake Blues. Um mm-hmm. But I was pleasantly surprised. I enjoyed him a lot more in this movie than I did Dan Aykroyd. It's me too, though, for a lot of reasons. Um, but Ryan, how about you? I really like Elwood in this. Oh, do you? Yeah. Well, it's because of um, my favorite character scene in this movie is when he goes in to quit. And he tells his boss that he's going to become a priest. And his, pro- uh, um, and his boss goes, oh, well go out and see whoever and we'll get you set up, you know, for like your pay and everything. And, you know, he, he goes to shake his hand and then Elwood says, God bless you. Like he's staying in character to make his boss think he's going to become a priest. So he stays in that like narrative the entire time. He just doesn't say, Oh, thank you. I'll see you later. He just says, you know, he carries it in. Oh, God bless you because he's becoming a priest. And, you know, when it comes to this lie and, where was this in the movie? Uh, it's when it's uh, okay. So okay, it's in the extended yep. cut. It, it is. It's in the extended cut. Yeah, it's in the extended cut. That's exactly right. Yeah, I, did, well, I watched the theatrical. Hang on, yeah. hang, hang on, hang, hang on a second. The, the copy that I have isn't the theatrical version. No, you have the extended. I guarantee you, you have the extended cut that adds eighteen minutes of footage and an extended ending sequence uh, to show the characters they specifically added to that. Uh, this is news to me. So apparently I watch a different version than you guys. Yeah, you Um, definitely did. Yeah. So it's okay. So it's after the building gets blown up. Is that in the the Okay. Okay. Yeah, that one was in the theatrical cut. Okay. He says, I got to get to work after he he digs himself out of the rubble. No, they just dig themselves out of the rubble in the, in the theatrical cut. And then it just work is never mentioned. Okay. So. He, they did uh um they get up out of the bricks elwood mm-hmm. says i need to get to work and then um and then they show the cops dig themselves out of the rubble um mm-hmm. and then yeah, they, they go to 
Okay, so th- th- they show, um, because they're laying, like, right next to them. Like, they're literally, like, on top of each other. But the <laughs> Blues Brothers get out first. Um, and then they go to the job, and Elwood walks in to see his boss, and it's got a bunch of 70s pictures on the walls of just, like, presidents and stuff. Good. And then okay. he says that thing that I'm leaving, and then that's it. Like, he leaves. Well, I, I think the important thing to come out of this uh, revelation is, hey, Ryan, can I borrow you a DVD of the Blues Brothers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I'll um, I'll get it over to you the next time I see you. Um, yeah, I, I want to watch the extended cut. Because when I when I went to watch this, it did give me I – watched, I watched this on Peacock. So mm-hmm. I had commercials at the beginning, and then it played the whole way through. Uh, but when I went to find it on my Apple TV, it said theatrical version to rent but i was like i'm not renting this i can watch it for free uh this was the only movie that i actually found on netflix that i wanted to watch nice so that made me incredibly happy um i cannot believe that i have it (laughs) so is that the only version you've ever seen that's the only version i've ever seen oh really yeah, no, the DVD that I have is, like, back when they first printed the Blues Brothers 2 DVD, and then before that, like, whenever we'd watch it on VHS, I've always remembered that scene where he goes to quit. Yep. It's the Collector's Edition DVD. It runs 18 minutes longer than the original release, and includes no added and expanded scenes. No wonder I use it as a travel movie, because it's, like, two yeah. hours long. I thought that was, I thought the Blues Brothers movie was just, too, was, like, a two-hour yeah, long movie. You know, I was a little taken aback by that. It's like, I didn't think it was that long. But yeah, I mean, it landed. Ours, the theatrical landed at two twelve, so it was still, a, you know, a pretty long movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, I like. I I'm stumped. I'm literally stumped right now. <laughs> you know what? I thought you were gonna have more facts about this movie than I would. I'm so glad you learned something today. I like. I feel like I accomplished something aside from freaking killing this suit. Okay, agent. You're D. killing something in that. Like... <laughs> So one of the things I want to make sure we talked about in this movie was Chicago. I feel like this movie does for Chicago what Vertigo does for San Francisco. I've read online where people say that this is the best movie shot in Chicago up until that point and ever since. Mm -hmm. Um, Just I think in terms of just showcasing Chicago and just being a good movie in Chicago. What do you guys think? I mean, it's... It's not what I think of when I think of Chicago movies. I think Ferris Bueller. I think The Dark Knight. Um, sure. But I, I'd never had this as a point of reference until now for Chicago. So. Sure. But I yeah. feel like when I went to Chicago in high school with the band, uh, mm-hmm. I feel like the band directors were like, but Blues Brothers. Like I kept making really, like, Ferris Bueller references. I'm like, no, Blues Brothers, man. I'm like, why aren't you making that reference? The obvious one. Yeah. Um. <laughs> No, this is definitely Chicago. <laughs> We're on a mission from God. <laughs> Love it. Well, Brian, I know you have more of a, a relation to Chicago. Yeah. Um, so I've been in a lot of places, been on a lot of the streets that this movie was mm-hmm. filmed uh, uh, was filmed on, mainly talking about the ones in downtown Chicago. So like when they finally get into where like the clerk's office is, mm-hmm. um, and then when they're on more of like, the highway and then being on like the suburbs of Chicago. Cause a lot of this is filmed in the suburbs of Chicago and the counties mm-hmm. around cook County, not Chicago itself. Um, but this movie does an excellent job of showing the surrounding area and not just the city. Like Ferris Bueller does a good job of showing you downtown. That's it. That would be like a movie being filmed in New York, but mm-hmm. only showing Manhattan. Sure. Okay. I mean, so that like, that's Ferris Bueller. Yeah. I know, I know, I know, but sure. I mean, like, let's take if Ferris Bueller happened in New York instead of Chicago, mm-hmm. every place where Ferris Bueller went, like, that would have been, like, either just sticking to the Bronx or just sticking to Manhattan and not mm-hmm. going into the other boroughs. What the Blues Brothers did, and let's take, again, New York as a point of reference, is take you to Queens, take you to Brooklyn, take you to Manhattan. Like, they take you everywhere within, like, a two-hour's drive of the city. In Blues Brothers. And that's why people say that it's one of the best filmed Chicago movies. Because they go everywhere. That's very cool. I mean, and that's I think that's how I kind of feel about it. Is like, I feel like I got a more holistic look at it. Like, I've driven into Chicago, I think, a couple of times. I've, I used to go to Chicago every year, once a year for seven years in a row. 
So like I I loved the city and like you know when they get to the places you know where you see the L and you get to the downtown yep. like it was at the Delaney Plaza mm-hmm. I think was the one like I've been there like and it was like oh that one yeah so I mean it's you know it was just really fun to see and I just you know generally sometimes miss that city so it's always just nice for me to see again it's like it you know, it feels nice This is always a notch against New York, and it always kind of makes me laugh when I say it. But Chicago is a clean city. It, it is, though. I mean, it really it is. is. A, it is a much cleaner city than New York. I feel like that's not like a – I feel like that's pretty true. I don't know. At least that's been my experience, too, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, since I've been going to New York, the uh, streets have been pretty clean. I know back in, like, the 70s and the 80s it was pretty rough, but it's been – Clean, the last time I was there, it wasn't as bad as you see in I mean, some I mean, movies. It's, yeah. I mean, by no means in the past, let's say, 15 years, 10 years, is the statement of Chicago being a cleaner city than New York a, a you know, a diss against New York because New York's gotten a lot better and it, and it is a lot cleaner. Um, Chicago is also a smaller city than New York, sure. so it's a tad bit easier to keep it maintained but overall like it comes down to not not just clean streets but like the architecture of the buildings oh yeah like I mean, it it's like when somebody looks at a car and goes that's a clean car mm-hmm. and not just talking about cleanliness talking about a car that has stuff done to it and it's just yeah. done in a clean way that's you know chicago's the same way speaking of cars i had a ryan moment today when watching the, the last car chase I noticed that all of the Nazis were driving Volkswagens, and I went, well, that makes sense. And I don't ever notice car things. <laughs> so I was like, I did a Ryan for once. Good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, those those cars were perfectly picked for that. Like, the, the, that mm-hmm. was amazing. And I particularly love how they show that Volkswagens can fly. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. It, and that gets into the whole, like, cartoony part of like this movie yeah. that i absolutely love and it and and they give it to you right up front when it comes to that uh to um elwood jumping the cop car oh yeah like because the, the camera cut right before they show elwood take take the car up and climbing up the bridge uh-huh. there's a gap between the right. road and the bridge yeah. that would completely eat that car. And they're like, and whatever. Then, he just went yeah, over it. It's, it's fine. Just, yeah, just whatever. It doesn't matter. People don't care. <laughs> so, Ryan, your video froze. Oh, cool. Okay. Oh, no. So, that's that's why people oh, know you're, you're, not, you're not miming or uh, you're not a ventriloquist. Yeah. <laughs> These things do happen occasionally, but why it's whatever. Keep popping up. There we go. So there was one scene I wanted to talk about in the movie uh, – that I see, I feel like I see a lot of movies of this era doing. And okay. I want to know what you guys thought of its take on it. And that's the, these two not sophisticated characters go to a very fancy place for dinner. And hijinks ensues. I feel like that happens in so many movies like this. I swear that's the exact same restaurant from Ferris Bueller. I was just going to say, like it, it almost feels like it. It might be. Like I was really it expecting might them to be like, I'm the Sha- sausage king of Chicago. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you guys like the take that they did here? Was it fine? Or were you like, oh, they're doing this. Okay, when's it over? See, Alan, you go. I haven't, I haven't seen that, uh, that bit in a while, so I appreciated it. Yeah. I really liked uh, – Jake going up to the family like how much for your, for the women like <laughs> that that part shocked me the first time I saw it I'm like oh this is a heck of a swing <laughs> yeah um the only reference I have to this is Ferris Bueller sure because there are only two scenes movies I've ever seen something like this actually done in and to me the motivation for why they're doing it to me is so different that I see it as even though they're doing something similar, I've never crossed the two. It's like a whole different scene for you. Yeah, it is. Cause I mean, like, I mean, yeah, they are going to a fancy dinner. They are doing goofy stuff, but the difference is that Ferris Bueller and his friends are going there to actually eat. Sure. 
as to where Jake and Elwood are going to just annoy the crap out of their like ex bandmate to rejoin them. And then how that scene ends is just amazing with the guy just completely given up. He doesn't want to deal with it anymore. And then you've got the really, you know, crazy customer going, mm-hmm. sir, 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 yeah. <laughs> like I, right in his ear. <laughs> that scene made me realize that inflation is a real thing and I need to stop worrying about it. Because they were like, the soup is $10. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. okay for a bowl of soup. Yeah. Okay, so I got a question then. Yeah. What? what movie made you kind of have that realization before oh, this one? Goodness. When, there. when it comes to like somebody talking about something being worth a certain amount and you're just mm-hmm. like, wow. Okay. So the cost of stuff does go up as I get older. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's not like the cost of stuff, but the, what taught me about inflation was Austin powers. Like one billion dollars oh, yeah. trillion billion dollars <laughs> like just that like when uh like in the 60s when he says it in the second one and they all start laughing i'm like we don't have that kind of money doesn't exist it's like, oh, okay <laughs> that that kind of explained that to me okay so i am trying to find it it is freaking it might be i am legend and I'm trying to figure out what movie it is specifically. And I don't think I'm going to find it in a frantic Google search. Because money was so important to I Am Legend. It was. There was this scene where he walks past a gas station and the gas prices are frozen at like a buck thirty or something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh boy. Oh, oh, you sweet summer child. Just you wait. Okay. So <laughs> mine's Billy Jack. I don't know what that is. What's Billy Jack? Billy Jack was part of a line of movies that was made about about a um, about an ex Green Beret in the sixties and uh, during the seventies um, that pretty much just like fought against intolerance. And the movie that I'm specifically talking about, he pretty much like comes to the rescue of like a hippie conclave from this like you know early seventies like midwestern town that wants to push all these people out mm-hmm. or whatever. But um. They actually reference this in Gilmore Girls, Alan. So when Anna hears this, she might know what I'm talking about. But You assume um, my wife listens to the show. Oh, you might mention it to her. And, you might uh... mention it to her and she'll, you know, uh, but people would probably know it because there's a song called like Last Tin Soldier in it. And everybody, I, th- I think, like raised their fists at the end of the movie because he's like cornered by the police and he like kind of surrenders but doesn't and still wins mm. type deal. But but anyway, there's a scene where he makes the mayor's teenage son drive his brand new Corvette into the lake. And when the mayor gets the tow truck to come to like pull the car back out of the lake, he's yelling at his son. You mean to tell me you let you let a man force you to drive your brand new seven thousand five hundred dollar car into a lake? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm talking and I'm talking like a, you know like an early 70s pristine like oh, Corvette yeah. that has like the giant like fenders like arms over the front tires mm-hmm. yeah $7,500 car man. you let a man force you drive like and I'm like <laughs> and and I, I, I looked at my dad I'm like was that a mistake did they mean to say 74 like thousand they said 7,400. Is there a mistake here? He's like, yeah, no, that's how much that car was. It's just cars. <laughs> that's just cars. Man. Inflation. So that was my yeah. realization. That was my realization about the whole, like, inflation thing smacked me in the face. Good. Yeah, I think I think that's all I have on the movie. I mean, I, I have a lot of other, like, weird little random facts. Like, I have that the Blues Brothers released a series of albums uh, mm-hmm. that highlighted a lot of the the young kind of or not young but like kind of a lot of the blues artists i think there are something like eight albums and all of the profits i think went back to the original artists like i don't think uh i don't think any of the the snl people got a cut of that and i don't think they wanted it well i they he still does tour like i feel like the band still does tours and like do they still shows. tour i think so mm-hmm. um yeah i i, I want to check out some of those albums i I, wa- I wanted to, before we got into this, 
mm-hmm. before I got into the show, sit down and watch some Blues Brothers sketches from SNL. I just didn't, didn't get a chance to. Is there ones that you would recommend for me to watch? Devin, that's all you. Yeah, so there's one that's on just like the essential Belushi. Um, I have okay. that like essential Belushi, Belushi F- SNL one. Yeah, that, I mean, that's like, that's the big one. Okay. Uh, I think I need to do a deep dive into John Belushi. Man, um, he is my hero. Oh, it's Soul Man is the one. So okay. if you do SNL Soul Man, Belushi's one of my heroes. Like he really is. I love him comedically. He is, he, I think he has amazing timing. He's so good. Yeah, it, it's easy to see where Chris Farley took inspiration from uh, because he, Absolutely. he always wanted to be like Belushi, but it ended up being like him in, in not the best Ugh. ways. Um, no. But yeah, I, I definitely need to do a deep dive into him because I feel like that's just a, a segment of SNL I never really got into, but I need sure. to uh, because I, I've got so many books about it. Um now, did they have a connection to Second City as well? I mean, usually they'd farm from Second City, okay. like SNL would. So they were pretty close to him. I don't know if, if they had – I don't know if the showrunner I think they, they was pro- Second City person. Lorne Michaels? Yeah, Lorne Michaels. Was he Second City? I, I don't know. I know um, some of the first cast was. I think Bill Murray was. So Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, Second I, City's got a lot of talent coming yeah. out of it. Um, yeah, I need to look into that some more. Um, we haven't talked, so you guys teased about a cameo in this or something. Yeah, I was, we didn't bring it up yet. Um, chat did. I, I'm going to guess who, who it was. And this is something yeah. I knew about the movie beforehand. Carrie Fisher. You knew she was in this movie? I knew Carrie Fisher was in this. Oh, uh, what a shame. Um, I think I read about it in one of her books. Uh, because she was dating Dan Aykroyd at the time. See, I didn't know that. I, they might have even been engaged. They were. I learned that because it was because of this movie. Because she was choking on something and he saved her with a Heimlich maneuver and then they got engaged. <laughs> on this, on the what set of this? Great... I don't know if it was on the set, but it was while it was filming. What a great thing to base a relationship on. Neat. But yeah, did, I... did you like her in this movie, Alan? Yeah. I liked how it was like she didn't really have much to say. She just kept mm-hmm. trying to kill them. <laughs> um, but follow me for a second. So, okay, Carrie Fisher and Dan Aykroyd dated in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher was still doing Star Wars with George Lucas. Mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd owns the Crystal Head Vodka. Probably came up in conversation with George Lucas at some point. <laughs> and that was the inspiration for Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. You know what? I'll take it. I'll take I it. saw you walking there and I love it. I'll take it. Um, yeah. So that movie is just a Blues Brothers reference. Interesting. What if that's all it is? Just a giant Blues Brothers reference and we can forget about it. It'd make it a lot better. Uh, so it keeps on coming. It keeps on coming to my head, and it flies away as soon as I uh-huh. try to tr- try to bring it up. But uh, our, the other cameo in it, uh, the sheriff, or not the sheriff, but the detective, whoever, uh, the guy. John Candy? I can't John Candy. John Candy. I can never remember people's names. Um, my favorite thing of his, well, there's two, but when he's in the car and they go into the semi-truck. Yep. And he's like, hey, this is car, uh, what car is this? 5-5. Five, five. <laughs> this is car 55. Oh. Uh, we're in the highway in a truck. <laughs> like, yeah. When he like does this like cheesy little smile, like he's so happy to be doing it. Like I love yeah. it. Yeah. And then, uh, and then was a my favorite line of his throughout the whole thing, which is very. He doesn't have that many lines in it. Period. Uh, orange whip. Orange whip. Yeah. What is three yeah. orange whips? What is an <laughs> orange whip? I've I've never like thought to look that up, but he's so insistent on right orange now. whip. I hope it's like just like one of those like Stewart sodas where it's like just an or- orange dreamsicle soda. That's the line a lot of my family likes to quote for this movie. Orange whip? The orange whip thing. Okay, so it's a cocktail made with rum, vodka, cream, and orange juice. It looks like a milkshake. It sounds kind of good, I'm going to be honest. It's typically blended to a froth like a milkshake and poured over ice in a Collins glass. 
Is is there any information about where it came from, where it originated from? I mean, I'm just on the the, the first search results page on Google. I was right just. Now. I no, that's fine. That's fine. It's just you're using Google, and I don't know what you're looking at. So I thought I'd ask to see if it. If it was uh, a Chicago thing, I wouldn't be surprised. Here, yeah, me let's... neither. Because because I mean, like I said, my family. That's the one quote I hear most from my relatives whenever they quote this. So you brought up one of my favorite dumb questions that I like to ask people, and I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the podcast. I have a couple of lines from a couple of movies that make no sense in our like no like in no real context to the movie, like Orange Whip, right? Like. Nope, it doesn't need to be a Blues Brothers quote. It's just a stupid, like, throwaway line, but it's something you attach to. Is there a line like that in a movie where, like, it has nothing to do with the movie, it's a weird throwaway line, but you love it? Because I have one, definitely. Uh, and I'll do mine. My favorite line, I think, from any movie is from Back to the Future 2. And it's just when Marty McFly goes, Ooh la la! Ooh la la! And I don't know why I love that so much, but I'll do that often. Oh, man. I feel like I have so many. I can't <laughs> think of one right now. This is like the wrong moment to ask that question to me. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, it could be Orange Whip, too. Like, that could be yours. I don't want that to be my answer, but it's going to have to be. <laughs> um, for me, it's, it's an obscure one. It's from the Stephen Colbert Christmas special. <laughs> okay. Uh, they do. He does a song with Jon Stewart about... Uh, John Stewart trying to interest him in Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. And he's like explaining Hanukkah to him in song. And he's like, we have latkes. What are they? Potato pancakes. We have dreidels. What are they? Wooden tops. We have mm-hmm. candles. What are they? They are candles. So whenever, <laughs> whenever candles comes up, uh, I'll be like, uh, my wife and I will be, be like, what are they? And one of us will just yell, they are candles. Like at the top of our lungs. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, I have one, but what I is can't it? say it. Oh, you can't say it? It, 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 it? um, It's from the movie Speed. Okay, I'll have to watch um, it. Yeah, we'll be doing that this summer, so don't, oh, don't worry about it. I got, bring I, it up then. I got another yeah. one. Uh, cans, he hates the cans. From Oh, I love that one, though. Yeah, that, was, that one's good. I'm Chat not... has a good one. The chicken isn't vegan. I don't know what that's from. Oh, oh um, I know. I that's that, from, that sounds familiar. That's from Scott Pilgrim. That's like one of yeah. your favorite movies, Devin. How do you not remember that? Wait, that's from. I thought he just said bread makes you fat. No, that's uh, Brandon no. Routh's character. The the vegan police comes in. Oh, you're right. Yep, you're right. Okay, so in the vein of stuff like this, mm-hmm. running gags. What's your guys' favorite running gag that you can remember right now? Because you know, from Blues Brothers, just anything. Oh, and from Blues anything. Brothers, oh want, man, you know, from this or whatever. Oh, oh man, that's a tough. That's one. that's a really good. Do you have one? I I need a minute to think. Yeah, give that's me a fine. second. I uh I, do you want me guys to lead with mine or yes. do you guys want? Yeah. Okay. So, my favorite running gag is actually from this movie. And okay. it's the uh, 1060 West Anderson, Chicago address of Elwood putting the the, uh, uh, the address to Wrigley Field uh-huh. um, on his last registration receipt. And so everybody goes to Wrigley Field first. <laughs> right, right. And they realize that it's Wrigley Field and not where he lives. So that's legitimately my favorite running gag of, uh, in a movie. It took me a second, but I landed on mine. Mine is uh, from The Big Lebowski. You've both seen that, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a okay. while. It's John yeah. Goodman's, my buddies didn't die face down in Vietnam. Like that whole, <laughs> like, because I've met people that have said lines like that in like an almost entirely unironic way. They weren't in Vietnam, but like they were like fresh out of like just basic training, and they're like, "I didn't do basic training," and I'm like, "Stop it!" So like, I just I don't know. I think that's funny. I can't think of one. That's fine. I'll, one, will come, the... one, one will come to me like an hour from now. <laughs> you um, just text us. Yeah. It's, All right. It's a myth. Myth. Yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot in Robin Hood Men in Tights that are good to pull from, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that movie seems there like is. it's just nothing but running gags. 
a lot of Mel Brooks movies are nothing but running gags. <laughs> uh, I know that another one I was thinking of was uh, Princess Brides. Inconceivable! Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I'm trying to think if there's one in the producers. I feel like there is. Um, I know there's like, I mean, there's at least a, the Ula not understanding English yeah. running gag. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Uh, final mind. thoughts before we wrap up Blues Brothers. I'm proud of you, Alan, for saying that you want to watch the sequel. I don't want to watch the sequel. I don't, it has John Goodman in it. I should like it. I've never seen it and don't want to. So just let me know how it is. Just like just line or two. Same here. Okay. Um, yeah. I. So so what you're saying is you don't want to watch it, but I'm going to watch it. So yeah. In two weeks from now, I can turn the tables and have you watch <laughs> Brothers 2000. And it's going to be nothing but Devin and I complaining the whole time. I don't oh, know. I, I never said I wouldn't be complaining either. So. <laughs> okay. It might just turn into just us complaining for an hour about it. Actually, I have an idea what we can do with this. I'll tell you guys after the show. Good. We've already done something like this. When Devin had us watch the worst movie he'd ever seen. Movie 42? 43. You don't even remember the title. 40. No, I don't <laughs> count the one with Hugh Jackman because it was actually good. <laughs> that one wasn't actually good either. Just um. want to let you know. <laughs> okay, looking back at the chat, uh, oh, yeah. we, we talked about Transformers earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question was asked, have we seen the animated Transformers movie? Yes. I, have you? I haven't seen anything Transformers. I've seen Revenge of the Fallen, and I've seen Bumblebee, and that's it. No cartoons, nothing. I've never seen the animated cartoon movie. I I've have. seen... I've seen yeah. some of the show, um, but I, I've only seen like the first few episodes where it's all the same episode, but they like changed the dialogue. It's really weird. It's weird. It, it was a toy commercial. They they put a plot to and made it long, and it, 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 it it's very bizarre. I have the the movie on VHS. One day I went to Second and Charles, and in their free bin was just this pristine. Uh, beautiful artwork of a VHS. And I was like, yes, I'll take that. Cause they don't, Worth I it. guess somebody wanted to trade it in and they don't take VHS tapes. So I, made, I, I won that day. Uh, <laughs> so a so. uh, funny story about transformers, the cartoon and everything. So it came from Japan technically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, the reason why Transformers came over first before a lot of other uh, tech uh, animes did um, was because they figured that because because Americans were so car obsessed that Transformers would do well. Um, the other cartoon in running to come over in its place was Dragon Ball. Ah. So by a flip of a coin, Transformers became the core of a lot of kids um you know american mornings and not dragon and not, ball and not dragon ball that one happened later but those yeah. two cartoons were, were up in contention against each other and that's how that happened funny apparently there was uh chad also brought up there's a broken watch gag in here i missed the broken watch gag you know yeah what, what um, that is? uh all of the cops okay so it starts with elwood uh getting his watch back Mm-hmm. And the guy says, one Rolex broken. And I think yeah. it's Frank Oz that's doing it. It is, yeah. Um, he says, you know, one Rolex broken. Mm-hmm. And then every time there's like a car accident or somebody gets into a fight or somebody goes to check their like wristwatch, mm-hmm. they say, my watch is broken. <laughs> so, fun. so was it um, after the, after, uh, after the first cop or the second cop, yeah, the, the when the cop car hits into the RV full of the band and yeah. they flip in front of the billboard, um, when one of the musicians is getting out of the back, he says, my watch is broken, mm-hmm. if you listen to it carefully, and then you hear a cop at the bottom of the highway in that giant pile of cop cars on on the, 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 the interstate. When he crawls out, you, you can hear him say, my watch is broken. <laughs> Good. That's fun. I yeah. like that. Okay. 
I think that does it for the Blues Brothers. Yeah, I think that's all I have. Uh, so this was Devin's pick. Next week it is Ryan's pick. Ryan, what are you having us watch next week? Well, I want to get us back on track on my like blockbuster summer. So the next one coming down the line is Transformers 2. Not Transformers 2. We're talking about Transformers. <laughs> Terminator 2. Terminator 2. Terminator, Terminator 2. 2. Mm-hmm. Judgment Day. Because, because Devin has seen the first one, which a lot mm-hmm. of people haven't. So I commend him for that. But unfortunately, he saw the third one before seeing yeah. the second one. And yeah. that kind of undoes the fact that he's seen the first one. So we need to fix this Perfect. and have him actually watch one of that's almost universally believed of anybody in their late 20s and 30s is the best movie that they've probably seen. Wow, that is high there's praise. A, there's a lot of people who put Terminator 2 in their favorite movie list. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm excited to watch our age group. So, yeah. All right. So I guess you could say next week for the show, we'll be back. Oh my gosh. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Those sunglasses work for that. They do. Um, (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, (laughs) uh, unsubscribe. (laughs) Uh, uh, until next time. So if you're watching us on Twitch, go ahead and hit that follow button. Uh, if you're watching us on Facebook, uh, go ahead and hit that like button to find out when we're going live next. Uh, if you're watching on Twitch, Devin will be streaming again tomorrow, Wednesday night and Friday night. Um, sea of thieves, the pirates of the Caribbean expansion comes out tomorrow. Today it's out today. today and we purposely didn't play it cause we're saving it for Twitch. Awesome. Uh, until then, uh, you can listen to our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to catch up on older episodes. Twitch doesn't like to keep them around too long. Um, uh, chat wants to know, Devin, are you going to get lost again? <laughs> the whole freaking time. <laughs> my hope is my hope is that it's not going to be as, as convoluted as the last one is, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Okay. All right. Well, until next time where we watch... Uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, just in time for its 30th anniversary, too. Like, we're oh, doing that's it in cool. the right week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the anniversary is the th- second or the third of July. So, um, until next time, for you who have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we will see you next week. Look, it's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it.